Hello and welcome to the Dating Smash Podcast. My name is Rob and this is the only podcast dedicated to showing you how to create sexy connection by being goddamn authentic. Shout out to Nikolai Heidloss for creating this kick-ass intro music. You can find him on free-stock-music.com. The subject of today's podcast, and thank you for tuning in, by the way, is are we afraid of joy? So let me start with a story. Um, let's say that you have two people that are out on their first date, right? She's beautiful, funny, and intelligent. He's strong, handsome, and successful. And, and they just barely manage to secure two seats at the bar at an exclusive downtown restaurant. They eat a delicious meal together and they very quickly decide that they love each other's company and they're going to go home together so they walk to his car she glances meaningfully into his eyes and squeezes his hand and he squeezes back and on the car ride a song comes onto the radio there's a brief pause and then they both announce at the same time that that is their favorite song they make eye contact they burst into honest amazed laughter and everything is as perfect as perfect can be. You you could not ask for a better date. This could not have gone any better. So he keeps on driving. And he's speeding along the highway. And what comes next? Or if I gave you the reins on this story, what would come next? And if you're anything like me, it's almost impossible to finish the story. It's almost impossible even to move this story forward without also thinking about what goes wrong right? They get distracted from their moment together, their eye contact, and then they ram into the back of someone else's car, right? Or he tells an off-color joke, and she goes cold and demands to be dropped off at the next light. She'll catch an Uber home, and it's over. Or she asks him what his address is so she can send to to a friend, just in case, and he gets offended because he feels like he's being treated like a serial killer and the romance is ruined. So the question to ask here is, why is, it, why is it so easy to come up with the worst case scenario when it's so often that the worst case scenario doesn't happen? What is it about happiness that has us so worried that it's all going to come crashing down around our ears? Researcher Brene Brown talks about this phenomenon where when it comes to happiness, we're constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop. And when we're not expecting the worst... We're kind of busy visualizing it, right? Like uh, right before a speech, we're like trying to like like plan out what to do in case things go wrong. So we just like rehearse and rehearse and rehearse because we're expecting the worst to go down. It's it's almost like we're doing everything in our power to prevent this thing that we're assu- we're absolutely assured is going to happen. I believe that as a culture, this is the way that we were trained. You watch enough TV, you watch enough movies, it's just a matter of time before you run into this theme and it shows up again and again and again. The scene opens, we're introduced to a character who is having a great 
time. We see their lives. We see the happiness on their face for a brief moment. And maybe there's like a slow motion here. And we know that no one could be this happy without consequences. And two minutes later, we're rewarded for our skepticism as some horrible fate comes out of left field and mauls our formerly happy subject in the face, right? This happens all the time. There's this story of Icarus who died because he was basically having too good of a time flying. Every episode of House MD, every episode of CSI, every horror flick that you've ever watched, every time that you talk to your mom, you're reminded that being too happy is a dangerous idea. It should be contained, controlled, and let out to get some air during breaks at work, but no more than that because it would be dangerous. So, <laughs> what are the consequences of this? Right? I think it's easy to dismiss, it's easy to dismiss this kind of thing as trivial. Because okay, should so I sacrifice my happiness every once in a while, right? I cut it short in exchange for caution. So no big deal. It's a good trade. Except that when we live like this. It's not just every once in a while. It's all the time. There's this theory in human development that goes that when we're born, we learn one of two things. Over time, that, that the world is an inherently dangerous place or that the world is our playground. And that continues on into the rest of our lives. Most of us kind of go through life completely unaware of that baseline assessment. And... When we accept that the world is dangerous, that there is danger around every turn, uh, we really start to treat everything like a threat. And I think that's the mentality that goes behind this, this unwillingness to embrace joy. And I should know because I live like this. So after reading Mario Puzo's The Godfather in high school, I started choosing where I sat in restaurants based off of whether or not my back was exposed, right? Lest some crazy person with a gun decided to try to shoot me in the back while I was eating my burger, right? Like, oh, I'm protecting myself from assassins. <laughs> There's no need for that. There is absolutely no need, but I still did it, right? Because just in case, what if someone happens to show up who wants to murder kill me while I'm eating food at a restaurant in a city that I've never been to before? Completely irrational, and yet it's just something that people do. I've talked to other guys that do the exact same thing. When I'm on the road, I drive like everyone else on the road is a moron and barely in control of their car. I'm suspicious, right? Like, I can't trust these people. Or when a stranger approaches me on the street, most of the time I assume they're about to ask me for money. In the back of my mind, whether I want it to be there or not, it is always there. And the other fun fact about living like this is that it's stressful. Not to mention bad for your dating life, but we'll come back to that. So this, this is kind of like a constant low-grade stress. And this kind of stuff adds up. The, the more that we're on our guard, the easier it is to have a meltdown when the heat gets turned up. Um, our emotional agitation is linked with our fight-or-flight response. If all of us operate on a scale of 1 to 10, and normally we're at a one where everything is hunky-dory and things are fine. And seven is where we would start snapping at people or avoiding them entirely because things are too stressful. 
then that low-grade stress will take us from that baseline of 1 to a new baseline of 3, 4, 5, or higher. And now we're only two points away from being ready for fight or flight. And that is not good news if you're ready to go out on a date, right? Because if you are two points away from being ready to, to fight or have a nervous meltdown uh, due to stress, then going and meeting a stranger that you are trying to impress is not the most beneficial situation to get into. So this is extremely, extremely relevant for dating and for relationships for the obvious reasons. Uh, but in case the relationship bit isn't obvious, there's an, there's another story, also from Brene Brown, which really hit home for me. It made me profoundly sad on hearing it. And it's talking about like how in men, sometimes this suspicion of joy shows up um, where we're like cautiously optimistic about things, right? Like, hey, I'm, I'm getting a new car. Well... You know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Like, I don't know, hold back judgment. Like, I'm, I might be getting a new Tesla, but like, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Because we're afraid. We're afraid that if we pin our hopes on this thing, that like, it's going to fail down the road. And then we're going to feel awful. So there's this like life of like, of living with like a highly contained level of enthusiasm, Right. And there's this guy that lives like this, like they, uh, he's married to his wife. They've been together for like seven, eight, nine years. And then she dies in a car crash. And now he has to look back on the rest of his life and think about all the times that he denied that joy to his wife, right? It might seem like a relatively minor thing to cut the joy out of our lives. It might not feel like a big deal in the moment. But this stuff is important. It has ramifications. So that's why we're talking about this here. That's why we're talking about this today. Now let's talk about what it feels like to be on the receiving end of the mentality that I just told you, right? Like, what if I, I exist in a world that is dangerous? What if I exist in a world that is not trustworthy all the time? What does it feel like to be on the receiving end of that when someone new comes into my life and I automatically do not trust them? How does it feel to be approached with that mistrust regardless of your intent? Not good. Not a good way to start that relationship. Uh, it's probably not going to start. Because it's judgmental. You feel judged. You feel put into a box. You feel like, hey, this guy is not giving me the benefit of the doubt. I don't want to be a part of this. Now, no shame if you've done this. It's very human. And if developmental psychology is right, that actually describes about half of us, if not more. Like as children, this is generally something we pick up from our parents until we're made aware of this. We have no say in the matter. This is just how things shape up. But maybe life is less rewarding that way. Maybe it's worth the risk to let ourselves feel and fully express our happiness. Maybe the reason we spend so much time looking outward for happiness, from playing video games to gambling to drugs to sex to movies to porn to any other form of escapism, maybe the reason we do all those things is because we've stopped giving ourselves permission to be happy. And that looks different for everyone. 
Maybe that means skipping through a sunlit grassy field with a big, idiotic grin on your face and to hell with looking good, just doing it. Maybe that means finally taking that pole dancing class that you've had your eye on and screw the haters, like you're just gonna go for it. Or or maybe that means spending a night a week with a pack of crayons in a Ryan Gosling coloring book and going to town. I don't know how your world works, but I do know is that until we make it okay for ourselves to express joy, we will never be truly happy. Now that is all the time that we have for today. And if you like this podcast, feel free to share, like, or leave some applause, or whatever it is on the platform that you've got that would help get the word out. We really appreciate your support, and we're glad you're listening. Once again, my name is Rob. And this has been another episode of Dating Smash. You can find us online at datingsmash.com.